What traits really matter when it comes to the NFL draft? Got some good questions in the Locked On 49ers mailbag on this Winky Wednesday episode. And what about Tom Brady coming to an NFL broadcast near you? Not this year, maybe next year. Uh, I think Croc and I have some thoughts on that on today's Locked On 49ers coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks for making Locked On 49ers your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And if you're listening to this on or watching this on YouTube a Tuesday evening, we're, we're a little premature. We're a little early with it. But if you're on your drive to work, maybe Wednesday morning, you know what the score is. You know what time it is. It is Wednesday. That means it is Winky Wednesday. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wink, how you doing, man? Uh, anything you stinking on this week? What about these reports about the underwhelming young quarterback that is Trey Lance? Yeah, I'm just not buying it. It just it, it feels to me like ultimate clickbait, you know, like, oh, well, this stuff with Jimmy Garoppolo has died down. Now I need to put something out there to get people to click on my articles so that they keep paying me. Oh, here we go. I heard once that this one guy was underwhelmed with this one thing that happened at practice. I'm going to make it sound really broad and general and get people to click on my stuff. Like, I, I'm just not buying it. Yeah, here's a here's a story I'm going to throw out there. Um, her, I got some really reliable sources that a 20 year old quarterback isn't a hall of famer yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, good stuff there. And who knows, maybe someday Trey Lance will become a hall of famer and we'll have a post NFL career and, uh, maybe get teamed up with one of us and we'll, we'll, we'll have one of those paychecks, one of those $375 million for 10 year contracts talking about football Look, and <laughs> Croc was already going off a little bit off the air about this, and I had to chuckle. We weren't going to talk a bunch about uh, the, the Tom Brady stuff, about his his rumored contract here, that he's going to be uh, broadcasting games for Fox Sports, getting $37.5 million a year for 10 years. $375 million contract for Tom Brady, who has never broadcasted a game. Croc, what's the most you've ever been paid for something that you've never done before you did it? Oh, you know what? That's a great question. Hold on, you gotta come back to me. I gotta think about that. What do you think? Wink. I Tom Brady is a broadcaster. That. Do you think? Because Tom Brady, to me, is uh, personality-wise, I think could be a little boring. I and I understand the name value. And this is look. This is sure. this this whole thing is super simple. This is suits at Fox that just lost Troy Aikman, and they want to one up the suits over at ESPN, and they want to say, "Look what we did. We just got the the goat to be our next guy." You know, so, you think he's boring? I'll put it this way: I would choose to watch a game that was broadcasted by Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. Sure. I would probably I choose. Think right Manning now. is Manning is very Here. cookie cutter. Like I mean, he's very like like he, he doesn't give. There's no shock value at all. Nobody's more no. Brady. I think Tom Brady actually. I think he shows a little bit more every week. He does the little thing where they he's talking about the game and is like you know mm -hmm. on to the next and it shows the highlights of the play. Like I feel like he kind of like puts himself out there a little bit. He's done the commercial. His commercial was one of the best when they had like the the person he was in the store and he was like I'm Tom Brady. Like I feel like Tom Brady has been pretty good. Yeah, well, but he didn't, he didn't write that. 
he's got to come up with stuff on the spot, right? That's true. He's got to be able to break down the game as it's happening. If he has a team writing for him and he's got, you know, so is yeah. he going to be like, – so I mean, I'm not I buying watch a lot of Manning. I watched Manning. I watched both of them on the Monday Night Football thing, and it's like it's cool. Well, here, that's, you know? that's so that's that's my argument with the whole thing with with like just completely being overpaid. First of all, is he going to be good at it? We have no idea. Is he twice mm-hmm. as good as the highest paid people who have already done it and have value doing it? I don't know. But for me, I don't like give me Kevin Burkhart, right? Like I don't care about Tom Brady. I don't care about. Um, uh, I don't care about Troy Aikman. I don't care about any of the. Bro- I, I'm never. The, I'm watching. I'm, oh, I'm, I do. I'm tuning into yeah. the game. A lot of people tune in, and I, I've heard people like, um, "Okay, Booger McFarland, right?" Where it was like, "Oh my gosh, he's so bad." I'm muting the TV. I'm not mm-hmm. Booger McFarland. Like you hear that? There are a lot of people. I mean, I watched a couple games. I thought Mark Sanchez was pretty good, but there are a lot of people. Right. Oh man, Mark Sanchez calling the Niners game. He was terrible. I thought he was solid. Like people mm-hmm. do pay attention to that. I don't pay attention as much. I do notice if somebody's good, where they're kind of pointing out things. I'm like, oh man, like this guy's pretty good, right? Yeah, Tony Romo, he has the, uh, you know, it's the predicting plays thing. But Tony Romo is actually more annoying. I would say it's like, oh, it's fourth and one. Are they going to go for See, it? I love that about Tony like Romo. It. Like, as the fan, like, you want, <laughs> that's what I'm feeling inside. And so it's like, oh, this guy's saying exactly what I'm feeling. And that's, I think they're hoping that's what Tom Brady brings. That, and like you said earlier, Peacock, he needs to bring, he needs to like think of stuff on the fly. And that's what he's done his whole career, right? I mean, he's been in the football games. He's basically recalling every play before the snap anyway. So he's going to see exactly what's happening. He's probably going to let us know what's happening. I think that's kind of what they're banking on, right? They're investing a lot of money in this guy thinking like, well, you know, he he can talk on a mic. He doesn't get nervous and people like him. So let's throw a bunch of money at him and hope that he is the next Tony Romo or the next Peyton Manning or, you know, the next Troy Aikman. He's done it forever and he's great at it. And I think he's shown a lot more personality since lo- moving on from the Patriots. Yeah, Patriots, I felt like you didn't really get to see the real Brady. Now, maybe this is kind of a Kobe Bryant at the end of his career. The, you know, fair, he did the farewell tour. And it was like, wow, Kobe Bryant's an amazing person, right? Where like <laughs> for the first 19 years of his career, he just hated everybody. Mm-hmm, so right. maybe it's that where Tom Brady's coming down to the end. And it's just like, ah, I guess I'll show more personality. I'll be cool. I don't really care anymore. But he comes off to me, especially as a late, as like, a lot more personality being able to kind of shine through. And when you hear him talk about certain things and again, I love the videos, the, the Tampa Bay videos where he puts it out and it looks like he might have the TB 12 team. They're doing it or whatever it is, but I think he's been pretty good. I think he'll be good in the booth. I just think he has, I mean, first of all, he's from California. So we're already like just hella cool people. For sure. The best broadcasters come. We're hella tight. Yeah. Yeah. We're hella tight. Hella cool. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, and that's the thing. It's like, he might be fine. And he yeah. just made double what the most anybody's ever made that's ever going to do it. You know, that, oh, that's, whose fault that's, is that? Yeah, it's not his. That's, I'm not saying it's Brady's fault for saying yes. I'm saying, what are you doing, Fox? You're, are you, how many, how many more viewers are you going to get because of this? Is it $375, $375 million worth of new viewership? Or are you just trying right. to get that 1% of people who don't listen and, and hopefully convert them into, longtime listeners and you're kind of just helping the NFL as much as you're helping just Fox alone. If that's the case, cause you're creating some, some fans are, are people going to tune in that don't like football just because there's a more famous person broadcasting it that who's not going to be really on the screen very much. So I say I, this. questions if the, if the money is worth it and 
if if he's even going to be that good at it. And it's like you, you're look, and, and I've always had this, and it's as a broadcaster, like it's tough in this business to work your way through in this business, and to see someone who's never done it get the best broadcasting job and get paid the most when you're scratching and crawling your whole career to be a good broadcaster and being able to do it. It's like I would say it's more like drafting. Johnny Manziel in the first round because he was good at something else. And you think, Oh, look at this guy. He's famous and he's going to be good at foot in NFL football. Like he was good at college football. Right. And then you're like, ah, it, it doesn't work that way. Broadcasters broadcast players, play coaches, coach scout, scout. Right. And the guy who leads the all time leading rusher in the NFL was the worst broadcaster I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Right. So it wrong. doesn't always translate all the best coaches, all the best GMs in NFL history weren't necessarily great players. Like it doesn't always translate, and so uh, that, he brings some I, other value. You're, we're missing. You're hiring, you're hiring a famous person. You're not necessarily hiring the greatest broadcaster of all time. Like you, like you're. He was the greatest quarterback of all time. That doesn't mean he's going to be the greatest broadcaster of all time. Even though that's what you're paying him to do before he's even done it. He he's bringing some type of value. There might be something we don't know about behind the scenes where they sell a certain amount of things and, you know, having a bigger name there, maybe he has to go out and do certain things with Fox as well as, you know, be on the, on the highest show and people are talking to tuning in. I mean, I I don't know, but I I know this from just a business perspective. If it wasn't going to benefit them, they wouldn't throw $37 million at them. You're not wrong. Here's the thing. They clearly, the, 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 the NFL is a cash printing machine. And so, and he's going to make more. He's this contract's going to make him more than he's made throughout his entire NFL career, which is kind of crazy. And so, um, there's obviously the the Fox people think it's worth it, and but I, I seriously think it's okay. We're trying to get more viewers that we don't already have because it's not going to make me watch more games. It's probably not going to make any of us. We were going to tune into 49ers. Cowboys. Is it that, or are they just trying to get? Um... Are they trying to get new commercials? Are they trying to get new sponsors that they weren't going to get before? And now the sponsors are like, oh, you got Tom Brady. Okay. Because that's really what it's about, right? It's more about how much do they pay? They're trying to sell a whole package. They're trying to sell to advertisers. They're trying to sell, they're trying to sell more viewers. So hopefully they can say, look, we hired this guy because we're going to even get more viewers now. We're going to get more casual viewers than we did before because of Tom Brady's in the booth potentially. And Mm -hmm. and that's what they're hoping for. They don't know if that's going to happen, but um, the value of broadcasters clearly has gone up. And, and I think it's, it's, it's obviously a reaction to them losing their best guy in Aikman going over to ESPN. So they're trying to one-up yeah. ESPN. I think that's a ton of it, too. Here's, here's a bigger one. I saw Jim Rome is making $30 million a year. I don't know when's the last time anybody has even mentioned Jim Rome. So if y'all, it's if people want to be mad at someone making a ton of money, be mad at him. I wouldn't have a problem with Tom Brady making $37.5 million a year playing quarterback. Because he's done it at a high level for 20 years like Jim Rome has already doing radio. He's getting paid for what he's already doing. You're paying Tom Brady for something he's never done before. You have no idea if he's going to be good. You're paying him because he's famous. We're just chasing yeah. fame at this point. That's what I don't yeah. like about him. And you're gifting a guy a job in an industry that I've... No, you're not gifting hard. He earned that. He worked for that. <laughs> his, 20, his 20 years of, of playing football at a high level and his... A personality and whatever he did to interview for the job or whatever, like that earned him the job. He, I feel like he earned that. Like it wasn't just like, uh, here, take $375 million. I think when it comes to broadcasters too, they want you to feel like they're your friend, you know, like, oh, you're tuning in to watch your friend talk about a football game. Right. And Tom Brady has played for so long that I think that he can 
get you know reach a, a bigger audience a, a wider range of age group because so many people have watched him play you know people today are watching it and people 20 years ago are watching it so i think that that maybe has something to do with it as well yeah i mean i don't know like matt millen did he earn the gm job that he got that he was terrible at you know did, did terrible what? <laughs> did did emmett smith earn his broadcasting job you know because he walked right out of playing into broadcasting and he earned it now it maybe not. It might not work it. out. It might not work out for yeah. Tom Brady, he but I do feel it. like he earned it. He earned getting paid to play football. He did not earn no. a broadcasting job. And I, I would he's argue not an analyst Brady. in the NBA or in well, soccer. Sport. <laughs> like it's football. Right. <laughs> I would like to see Tom Brady call some some basketball. That'd be fun. Look, coaches. You, coach. I wonder if this is how people feel. When they saw me walk into the the media room, like what the hell is Eric Crocker doing as a credentialed member of the media? He didn't go to journalism school, like he didn't do this or that. Like hell, no, I didn't do it. But I'm they here. They did feel that way. Yes. <laughs> they they didn't. They weren't worried about it because you didn't make twice as much as them. Yeah, oh, actually, I didn't make anything until you earned it. Until you earned it. I didn't make anything off of that, but yeah, broadcasting right. is different. You got to you got to sit in the press press box and watch watch a game at least. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's, it's, I didn't, it's, it's, I, I didn't even like it to be honest. I don't know, I know if Tom Brady's going to be good or not, but this is just like, this is like Game of Thrones, but like exec TV executive style. This is <laughs> this is suits trying to <laughs> battle other suits at you know with, with big stakes and, and big money and huge budgets. So I, uh, you know, who am I to say how they're going to use their budget? Hopefully, it works out for them. I'm sure there's outs in the contracts, and maybe Tom Brady doesn't like it and never sees the end of his contract. It might be one of those you know backloaded deals. Uh, a few listeners have said that today uh, on Twitter that you know maybe it's one of those backloaded contracts that he that he's going to get cut before he sees the the big portion of that in the back half of his contract if he's not very good at it or doesn't want to do it you know maybe he's, maybe he doesn't end up being passionate about it yet but um, guys let's you know, be honest he's not going to do it for another five or six years anyways because he's just going <laughs> to keep playing that's true yeah that's actually a great point is he uh, is he actually going to retire anytime <laughs> soon when's this contract even going to begin. Right. Um, and, you know, in 10 years is thirty seven and a half million dollars a bargain for, you know, an ace broadcaster. There you go. Doing Fox games. Anyway. All right. Let's talk a little bit of 49ers here. We are opening up the locked on 49ers mailbag next. But I would like to talk a little bit about Built Bar, a brand new flavor right now at Built.com. Birthday cake puffs birthday cake puffs only 150 calories even sprinkles on top 16 grams of protein puffs are the first ever the first ever protein infused marshmallow and you can find those at built.com and with summer coming you need food on the go make sure you've got your kids backpacks filled with a healthy snack that they are going to love make sure your vacations are fueled with the best of both worlds a healthy and delicious snack no more sacrificing delicious food for health most built bars contain only 130 calories and have only four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs yet 17 grams of protein and most built bars not the birthday cake it's it's got white frosting covering that thing but most built bars do have 100% real chocolate covering as well so go to built.com use promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off a box for yourself you can get whatever flavor you want some new flavors coming through all the time like the birthday cake puffs or get a mixed box of built bars again that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com 
Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Uh, now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The, the schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL insights and opinions from Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, plus Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. No offseason here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we've got the Peacock and Williamson NFL show and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast featuring Eric Crocker. There was a good point made by a listener. Let's see. Where was it? I lost it here. Oh, it was a 49ers Kyle. Shout out to 49ers Kyle on Twitter. A fellow fellow fan of Richie James. Sad to see (laughs) Richie James go. I'm interested to follow the rest of his But he posted something that I want to talk about really quick. And it's really important for context in all of these prospects that we've been talking about post-draft. And Croc and I have been going deep dive on scouting reports on all these guys. I think the scouting part is pretty easy. And in most times, Croc and I separately watch players come back and our notes are pretty similar. You might see one thing a little bit different here or there or watch a different game. You're like, oh, did you see this? Did you see this? But we really see things. I think the scouting part of it is actually pretty easy. And one thing we don't get to see is we don't get to see the medicals and we don't really know how human beings are wired and we don't get to be around them a lot. And I think that's where a lot of mistakes are made in the NFL. And a lot of the great players it's they're almost broken in a way from the neck up. Tom Brady, we just talked a lot about him. There's something that drives him that's kind of different than most people, right? And it's what's made him great. This from David Robinson, a well-known wide receiver trainer in the Dallas, Texas area. He said he believes 49ers third round draft pick Danny Gray has the potential to be a Pro Bowl wide receiver one day. Robinson should know because he's trained stars like Antonio Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, and Des Bryant. And he said about Gray, quote, he has that similar type of work ethic. And that gets me as, as excited as the 4-3-3-40 time, right, Croc? Because that's what separates guys in the NFL level. Because a lot of these guys have talent. They're drafted for a reason. And I think we got all the strengths and weaknesses correct about his game, right? But where does he take what we saw on the college film? Where does he take that once he gets in the NFL? And that's all about your mindset and your work ethic and maybe a little luck. That's a big part of it, right? Finding out who the player is. And I mean, you can go back to, and I know we talk about Trey Lance a lot, but you know, where Trey Lance came into the league, you find out who he is and you're like, okay, he's someone that's going to improve on some of his weaknesses and turn those into a strength, or at least not as much of a weakness, right? Like he's going to improve. And you look at Danny Gray and there were some things that I had, I don't want to say issue with, but some things I identified on film. And, you know, obviously because I'm not, I don't even know the right way to put this, but because I'm like, oh, Danny, Danny Gray, like 49 fans are like, oh, crap, you hate him. You don't know what you're talking about. He's going to be great. And it's like, look, there's there's a scenario where he is great, but he's going to have to really work on some of these things. And if our guy, David, David Robinson, Coach Robinson, the yeah. other trainer, uh, yeah, you know, if he says, right, if he says that, hey, you know, he really works at these things and whatever flaws he has, like he's going to, uh, you know, just go all out to improve on those things because he has the ability to do it. It would be one thing if you just don't have the ability to do it, but he has it. So, all right, just learn to play faster. Learn to sail the go routes, sit those routes down. Learn to use your speed as more of a vertical threat on underneath routes. And yeah, now you are talking about a, a, a Pro Bowl caliber wide receiver because he has the ability. And, and the other day I compared it to uh, Terry McLaurin. And some of the things I saw from Terry McLaurin. And I thought it was very similar. And the crazy thing is, 
look, they both went there around, right? Like they went there around for a reason. Yeah. You know, it was because they were kind of missing something in their game. But how hard are they going to work to overcome that? And now Terry McLaurin is one of the better young route running receivers in the NFL. And if Danny Gray has that work ethic that his trainer is saying he does, and he can improve on those things, yeah, we're talking about somebody that can definitely be a terrific receiver. Yeah, you, you mentioned the work ethic, and to me it brings up a couple of players, 49er fans will, will know. Uh, obviously, the first that comes to mind is a guy like Juwan Jennings, who got, you know, late round draft pick, you know, wasn't really touted as, as this much. And he came in, he worked hard. He's worked hard and he got himself a contract, right? He played an integral part on the 49ers last season. Like, that's the kind of guy you want on your team. And he, he came cheap. And then on the other end of the spectrum is a guy like Dante Pettis, right? Who comes in, he's highly touted. He's like, yeah, here we go, Dante Pettis. He's going to change things. Had a little success early. And then it was like he he almost started smelling his own goodness, you know? Like, he almost was just like, all right, here we go. And then he got in the doghouse, and we all know how that ended. So you kind of hope that, that Danny Gray goes towards the Juwan Jennings thing, right? And you, you talked about, you know, how, how Peacock, um, how, how Crocker wasn't as high on him. Well, Peacock, I believe you compared him or said he has the skill set of possibly looking like a John Taylor. If I go back a few a few weeks ago. And, of course, 49er fans are going to get excited when you say something like that because it's like anybody who's of a certain age knows who John Taylor is. And if he's even three-quarters of what John Taylor was, and you got yourself a great wide receiver. Yeah, it's that stride. It's that stride running away yeah. from guys after he catches a short pass and, and hits a crease and, and takes it the distance. That's what reminded me of John Taylor. So there you go. Danny Gray across between John Taylor and Terry McLaurin. Should turn out Boom. real nice for the 49ers in that regard. But um, yeah, a little toughness uh, and a work ethic, and, and, and you're you're down the right track. And that's where the whole underwhelming with Trey Lance stuff, You know, th- that's where this idea ties in is that the only – and this is what I talked with Croc earlier on in the week – wink is that the only thing the 49ers at this point you know in 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 his young career could even have truly been disappointed about is if he showed up and because the aren't we've seen the arm the arm's fine it's this the physical stuff is ever again the the scouting is not hard like we know what he looked like in college he had the same traits when he showed up with the 49ers there's stuff i heard somebody say something about arm strength maybe not being there i was like "What what are you talking about dude it's that work ethic and the, the, you know, the smarts and all of that coming together and the toughness and being able to work through um, tough times. And, you know, are you putting in the work? Are you a leader in that regard? And it's even more important for a quarterback. And that's why, you know, if Tom Brady probably will not fail at broadcasting because, you know, he's going to work his butt off and be prepared for it, you know, so, right. so he's got that going for him for sure. Even if he's not, maybe his personality doesn't come across great. He's going to be prepared for sure. And he's going to work his butt off. And if he's bad at it at first, he'll probably get better. Um, and so that would be the only thing to be disappointed about, about Trey Lance. But from everything we know, that was one of the biggest positives about him. So unless that's changed or the person they thought maybe he was, because I think this has definitely happened in the NFL where guys were really good. Wink, you've been a hiring manager before, before as I have. You sit across from someone at a table when you're interviewing. He's like, I don't want to be around that person every day. After five minutes, you're like, hell no. And then sometimes someone comes with a nice little resume and it looks pretty and they talk a great game. And then you get them into work. You're like, actually, I, this person's not, they're, they're a fraud. You know, they weren't anything yep. like that. So I, that happens in the NFL too. Is you, you, It's kind of speed dating leading up to the draft. You don't really get to know a player. And maybe the coaches are selling their guys a little bit too hard, the college coaches that you're talk, talking to. And they don't turn out to be really that guy. Um, but I, I don't, maybe that's what's happening with Trey Lance potentially. I don't think that's the case because everything we've known about Trey Lance is he's an A plus character guy and that would be the only thing i think the 49ers at this point could even be disappointed about and i don't think that's the case 
It it would have like one, everyone would have to be fooled by Trey Lance, even going back to his college coaches. Again, this was a guy who, you know, he wasn't this five-star recruit and he came in and was handed a job. He had the red shirt. He had to prepare a certain way. And even then, as a red shirt freshman, he had to beat out a power five transfer, a guy that transferred from a power five at the quarterback position, had to beat him out. You know, it wasn't given to him. And then to the tune of, as a red shirt freshman, going 17 and 0 and throwing 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and however many rushing touchdowns. So I, I think it would be really hard to fool people on work ethic when you're coming in with that type of resume, as you say. Now, again, there can be an awakening when you get to the NFL and it's like, dang, it's even harder than I was expecting. Okay, right. let me sit back. Okay, the offseason and take a second to be like, all right, I, I see where I was at and I see I didn't prepare the way I should have or I could have prepared better. And now I need to do an even better job of doing that. There, there could be that where he's just kind of caught off guard. But I think they're, they got the right person. Now it's just him figuring yeah. it out at the next level. And maybe that's it. Maybe the game hasn't slowed down for him as fast as they thought it would. And so that's why they're underwhelmed by him. Yeah. And, and even so. all that stuff, too, is just we saw him. The game didn't look yeah. sped up for a dude who had every reason to be the most raw quarterback we've seen in a long time. And he, he didn't feel that way at all to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe it looked like that in practice. But we hadn't heard that reports from from folks that were there in training camp. I didn't see him in person in training camp, so I don't know. But I, all I can judge is the 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 game film that I saw from him. And it, it didn't look too fast for him, which is which is a huge hurdle to leap for him. Haberman and Middlecoff, you know, I'm big fans of Haberman and Middlecoff. I, I listen to them faithfully. They are going to keep it real. Like, if they're seeing something and it doesn't look right, like, they will say it on their podcast, like, ah, we saw him, doesn't look great. They walked away after watching Trey Lance during training camp and said, oh, he's going to be a starter. Hmm. Like, like that, was, that was their, boom, that was their reaction. Like, he's going to be a starter. They thought he was going to be a starter as a rookie. Yeah, they're just like, when is it going to happen? Like, that's what they saw. So, you know, we hear all these different underwhelming and all these different reports and all that, but I don't I don't know. I think it's tough because, like, well, what do you expect from a guy who right. was a rookie? You know, was he supposed to come in and the game not be too fast or was he supposed to come in and, and just be 100% perfect? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But it wasn't that. Those guys keep it real. And they came out and they were like, he's good. And then they said again, like, They'll go to practices this year and they'll look, okay, what does it look like? If it looks bad, they'll say, yeah, he, he did not look right. It didn't look right the way the ball was coming out of his hands, this and that. But they were like, dude, you when you just watch them, it's like, man, physically imposing. The tools are there. Big throws, splash, split. Like, they liked everything that they saw last year. We'll see if he can uh, do, do it again this year and be even better. Seth wants to know is are the the New York Giants after declining the fifth year option of Daniel Jones are they a dark horse team for Jimmy G? No, cuz they have Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. So I think that's their I think Tyrod Taylor is their insurance. So if yeah. things don't work out well with Danny Dimes, then all right, Tyrod Taylor you're in. And people forget this, but Tyrod Taylor last year he played where he played like the full year Buffalo right before they drafted Josh Allen. Yeah, they were in the playoffs. <laughs> you yeah, know? a Buffalo Bills team led by Tyrod Taylor was in the playoffs, and then the next year they had Josh Allen, and they were not in the playoffs. And then obviously we've seen what you know Josh Allen has done since then. But and Tyrod like Taylor, Tyrod Taylor was supposed Taylor to sucks. start the Chargers the next year, but he got like a lung, a puncture in his lung or something. Yeah. Right? It's a freak accident, and then all of a yeah. sudden the, the rookie was too good. Yeah. You're not you're not going to bench Herbert again after that. So yeah, yeah, kind of a raw deal throughout Tyron Taylor's and, entire career. 
that happened in uh, Cleveland as well, where he was like one game in and then he like hurt his thumb or something. He broke his thumb. So then Baker Mayfield had to play. And then I was like, well, <laughs> you're just never playing again. <laughs> your insurance policy should be a little more reliable, I think. Yeah. Maybe just don't count on him to be the starter. There you go. Right. Yeah. He needs to start as the backup and then become the starter. Uh, I could see a scenario. I could see a scenario where uh, a staff is like, oh, no, nah, like we don't need Jimmy Garoppolo. We have Tyrod Taylor. Like there is that scenario yeah. and maybe oh, yeah. a conversation that's happening in in meetings. And really, what right now, there's never like it, Tom Brady's a big part of it. Tom Brady's 45 years old, still going. And and all these older quarterbacks are playing so long. There's not a, there's not as this is probably. This is probably the biggest. It's not necessarily a surplus necessarily, but it's the there's been such a shortage of starting caliber NFL quarterbacks forever. And this is probably the year that it's stocked up the most just because the last year was a big draft class with a bunch of first rounders and so many older players that haven't retired. I think this it's it's the least scarce it's been in our lifetimes as far as quarterbacks being around. So you have a guy who's legitimately there's two there. Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo are starting quarterbacks in the NFL for, for teams not to be knocking down those balls to get those guys is kind of crazy actually right now. Well, I mean, again, but two different reasons as to why. Oh yeah. Knocking. Sure. One guy is like, can you throw a football right now? No. Then the other guy, right. it's like, he's kind of a different personality and he was a guy that dealt with a lot of injuries last season as well. He probably shouldn't have played. And if, if, to be honest with you, both quarterbacks, battled through injuries and maybe they shouldn't have played because they'd both be healthy right now and maybe be on rosters going into last year when so like daniel jones like the new york giants right now daniel jones was so much worse going into his fourth year when they were picking up when they decided not to pick up his fifth year option it was a no-brainer when it was time to pick up uh uh baker mayfield's Fifth right. option, like the first they draft him number one, the first quarterback to win a playoff game for the Browns ever, practically, you know, that I can remember. <laughs> and like, he was like, Oh my god, this guy's awesome! It wasn't like, Oh, are we gonna re sign him? It was like, How much are right. we gonna end up paying this guy? He's our franchise quarterback. That wasn't that long ago, and one injury plague season, and some you know, awkward personality traits. That, uh, I mean, Which it seemed like everybody loved him. Like, didn't it? Yeah. Wasn't that like the thing with he just like oh, a no. guy's guy and his teammates love him and, and all that? And then, and then they are, you know, they're talking about him getting traded to the Panthers and young players said, no, we don't want him. It's crazy. He's on national TV commercials. This guy was a franchise quarterback. And then one this injury- fall from grace happened fast. Yeah. Because right? he was, there were people after his rookie year that were like, Oh, is he a top five quarterback? Is he a top 10 quarterback? Like there were those conversations mm-hmm. after just him being a rookie and he played cool, but it wasn't anything like earth shattering, but they were already kind of putting him into that tier. Yep. And the Browns were so quick to give Watson this ridiculous contract. You don't even know his playing status. Like they didn't like Baker Mayfield that much. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. To all the baggage coming with him. And he's like, Ooh. oh, he might get, he might be suspended for a year. And it's like, well, yeah. and we don't even want Baker for that year. We're going to go sign Jacoby <laughs> Brissett. Pretty crazy. It's wild. This from 904 Niners Nation. He said, at BD Peacock, at Barry Wink, it's been almost five years since the last all-time 49ers draft. And he actually brought up a screenshot 
it was June of 2017 when we did it. So I think it's wow. time we revisit it. He said, uh, get Eric Crocker involved. There's a lot of new players that should get drafted. 11 starters on both sides of the ball and no backups this time, Peacock. Well, I like look, it. I, I crushed Wink so bad in that draft. I don't That's know if true. you want want a piece of this, Croc, but we could do a three-way all-time 49ers draft if you guys want to get involved and draft three squads and, and let the listeners tell us who won. I'm probably going to win, but all right, let's do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to go 2-0. and oh, It's fine. Well, knowing Wink and Croc and how they duck each other in the uh, the Madden Ooh. thing, they'll probably duck me in this too. But yeah, I think that's a perfect thing to do during June, during the the, the true downtime before training camp of the NFL offseason. So that'll be Love fun. It. It'll be a, a multi-part series with three of us. It's going to take a little while, but we'll draft those teams in June. I think that'll be a lot of fun. So great idea. Let's do that this summer. Um, I want to get to also something that I've heard a bunch since the draft and I've kind of responded to a lot of people. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but uh, lucky lucky gluck here says, did I miss an episode of the shadow 49ers draft? And I've seen it in the comments on YouTube and uh, I've seen it on Twitter as well. A lot of people asking about my, my 49ers shadow draft that I've been doing for a while since 2013, but I officially retired it this year. So there is no, there is no more shadow 49ers draft uh, it was basically I wasn't going to be able to put in enough time and work to really dive into the later round picks. Uh, I watched a lot of the earlier round picks and stuff like that. So if if you're wondering who I would have taken it, I, Drake Jackson, I loved it in the first round. I would have taken um, or in the second round in the in the third round, I would have taken Nick Cross, the safety from Maryland at 93. Um, I would have taken Calvin Austin, different wide receiver at 105, although I like the Danny Gray pick as well. And he would have been maybe the next guy up at wide receiver. Um, and I would have taken Zach Tom, an offensive lineman sort of a, a center tackle versatility in Zach Tom. We ended up with the Packers in the fourth round. That would have been my fourth round pick. And, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really sure beyond that, but those would have been my guys. So those are the guys I'm looking for that, I, that I would have selected instead of the, the players that the 49ers took. And that would have been my shadow 49ers draft this year, but I wanted to retire it because I was, it was more fun to just watch the draft and, and not have to be uh, on the clock and drafting along with them. And I think I proved my point over the course of almost 10 years. So I retired and your point was you're better than them, right? Yeah. My point was that Proven. listen to what we say on the podcast because every damn draft, people are like, how dare you say that about Aaron Banks? He's going to be good because of this and that. And I'm like, I don't see it, man. And Croc's like, I don't see it. And guess what? <laughs> go, I tell you, tell you what, don't see it. go back to the post-draft episode from last year and you, you find the lie. There won't be mm. any, right? So that's what I'm saying. That's a good exercise right there. Like, I like that. just replay that that after drafting uh, Aaron Banks, and I joined you shortly after that, right? Like right after that, mm-hmm. and we had that conversation, and I was like, eh, I don't know what they like about him. <laughs> yeah. it, it, and that's what happens. And like every every pick is not going to be good, you know. And and really, it stemmed from me being annoyed by Balky because people were like, "Balky's the draft ninja." They were all about him. I was like, "This guy's kind of trash." I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> and the AJ the AJ Jenkins draft was the last. I was like, "Okay, no, I'm a, I'm going to do this." A shadow draft. I'm drafting along with. Him. I'm going to take on Balky, and I crushed Balky. And to be honest with you, I think I've done better than than Kyle and John, especially in the earlier rounds. They've had those really nice late round picks, though. So, um, but you know, my point was, look, uh, it was fun for me to do. It was just an exercise to see how I could do scouting department of one. Like, and and I think there's something to it. Like there's some over analysis that happens in the NFL because we talked about it. We don't get to know the players. We don't get to do the interviews. We don't get to talk to their college coaches. Uh, we don't get the medical reports. I, I should be getting crushed 
by the real GMs that are making these picks. And the fact that I'm not is, is weird, right? Because I can't go in. We, 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 you know, a kicker makes a field goal. We're like, look at this idiot. This dumbass can't even make a kick. I couldn't go make a 35 yard field goal, but I could outdraft the GM, an NFL GM, scouting department of one. How's it possible? What are they getting wrong? What's wrong with the process? Because they should be so much better. Yet that needs to be a whole conversation there. Mm-hmm. Like, where do they go wrong? Uh, like you said, it's not just a scouting department of one. You ha- you don't have nearly the resources. Right. And I don't know how you watch your film, but it's not like you have like this super database no. of all these guys' film. And even then, you are able to draft better than them. And this is not a like not even like oh an opinion. Like when you and you have you or I don't know if you have it still, but I know you had it. The whole uh, mm-hmm. uh, not PDF file, but you know the, yeah, the, the whole spreadsheet. Yeah, the Excel, rundown. Yeah, the spreadsheet. You have the whole spreadsheet of their pick and your pick, and this is like you can't lie about because you do it right right then it's and there. there. Yeah, when they're on the clock. So like this is the reality of it, and I've looked at it, and you you yeah you drafted better than them, bulky and Rich. and especially the players, the early picks I was better at, and they probably outdrafted me, especially the the Lynch Shanahan era in the later rounds, you know, the fifth, sixth round picks. But mm-hmm. I did better the more information I had. The guy, the, the top guys that I watched the most, I had the most information on. And that's what we were talking about earlier. It's like the scouting part is not that hard. So when you miss so much, like on Solomon Thomas, it's like Solomon Thomas is a tween. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a number three overall pick. So that's a mistake. That that's that's a mistake in scouting. I know you like the dude and you shared a college classroom with him. And and that's where the 49ers have done really well is they've gotten the character side of things right too. So that means they've missed on the actual scouting on some of these guys. Well, well here's and, the thing. Maybe, and medical in some cases. And I, I talked to a lot of people about my experience being in the NFL. And the thing that I noticed right away where, like, dang, these football players, they're just like us. Right. Like they're just they're normal people. They feel the same things that you feel like people think they can go on there and talk crazy to athletes and all that. And it's like, dude, they are normal people just like us. They feel everything that you feel. The only difference is they just have a lot more money in their bank accounts for the most part. (laughs) Right. That's the only difference. So when you look at these talent evaluators and scouts, listen to the former scouts, listen to the former GMs that are now. And you might say, well, they're former for a reason, but they did that job for for a while. They were the guys picking for some of your favorite teams and look at their tweets and some of the things that they say about players and go back and you'll realize they ain't better than you. <laughs> like they're not. <laughs> they are normal people just like us. They watch football just like us and they get it more wrong than Peacock. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. It's, it's flawed human beings drafting flawed human beings. There you go. And it brings me back to the, the beginning of this conversation. Coaches coach, scouts scout, players play, broadcasters broadcast, and in the rare instance, sometimes people are good at both, just like Eric Crocker, just like Brian Peacock, just like Nicholas Winkler, and Hanson all at the same time. Like, how is it even possible? How is it possible, guys? We're just like you guys. I have even less money in my bank account than you guys. How can this much talent come together every week on this one podcast? It's, It's pretty amazing. So, uh, yeah, Wink, thanks for joining us once again here on another Winky Wednesday. My pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Make sure you're checking out all the Locked On Network has to offer with your second 
Listen and Croc and I back tomorrow getting back into the scouting reports. Let's go back to the top. The first pick for the 49ers in 2022, Drake Jackson defensive end from USC scouting report. What that defensive end depth chart looks like. And then later on the week, Croc, we've got the, uh, the schedule. The schedule release is coming Ooh. Thursday night. We'll, we'll be all over that one as well. So uh, talk to you then right here. Locked on 49ers. See you.